Hey, good morning, Action Church. So, you know, you write out all this stuff and everything, but you know the thing that I want to point out to everybody right now and um, how humbling it is to be up here, but what I really want to point out to you is uh, today, Phil and I have not talked, except for I said, can you hear me up here? And Sierra and I have not talked about what she was going to say. And I want you to listen to what I'm going to tell y'all. The Holy Spirit is definitely present today because the Holy Spirit made sure that Sierra talked about the Holy Spirit and you make me brave talks about the Holy Spirit. And I want you to understand there's hurting people here today. There's people that need to hear about Jesus today and hear about what he has to say to us. And it's so amazing to be part of that that Nothing was planned together, but yet he spoke to each of us individually and knew what he wanted to tell us. It's always my prayer when I get up here that I empty myself of me and I fill myself with the Holy Spirit. And how amazing it is today to watch that happen and just take place without any person except for him. Sierra and I have been traveling a little bit, and we haven't got to make it for the first two sermons of this series, but I am excited to bring you the next one, which is Quit Living in Fear. So here's a question. How many of us live in fear of something? No matter how big it is, no matter how small it is, we live in fear of something. It keeps us from living our life to the fullest. It stops us from doing something we want to do. It stops us from changing careers, possibly. Stops us from teaching a class, possibly. It stops us from reaching out to someone that we know that we've done wrong to. It stops us from helping others. So no matter what it is, what is that thing that you and I don't trust God to be able to handle. What is it? What is it you're in fear of? So let's get a few of the basics out of the way real quick. Does everyone here believe in God? Does everyone here believe that he wants all of us to have a fulfilled life? Does everyone believe Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, it's pretty easy then. Let's go home. I mean, obviously, if we believe all those things, and none of that is, and, and if we believe all those things, none of us need to hear the sermon today. So let's go. Now, the band's freaking out because some of them just sat down. But if we are all good and not struggling with any fear or regret or any concern, then we should be all living a fulfilled life. Obviously, it's not time to go yet. And I noticed none of y'all got up to start to move out. So obviously, some of us have a fear. Some of us have something in our life that we fear. 
What is it that we're in fear of? Think about that. Study on that. We all want to learn how to hopefully gain control of our fears and to grow through our fears, but what is it? What is that fear? What is that fear that controls you not to do something? What is that fear that stops you from living your most fulfilled life? What is that fear that keeps you from going to that person you did wrong to? What is it that keeps you from making a change in your life? Let's talk about that a little bit. How many of us remember the story of Jesus calming the sea? His disciples had just witnessed many miracles throughout the, the lands, but this storm blew up, and all of his disciples were scared. Jesus was asleep in the boat. So his disciples wake him up, and Jesus said, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. So there should be some help for all of us in that. There should be some great comfort in that to us because his disciples that followed him throughout the lands and watched him perform miracles struggled with fear. The winds got heavy, oceans moving, Jesus is asleep, they're scared. But let's go back a little bit more in that book, in the book of Matthew, Matthew 8. Let's look at the centurion. This, the centurion shows us the faith that we all desire and should want. The faith to trust God and to have faith in his strength and his power. So in Matthew 8, Jesus is entering Capernaum. Centurion walks up to him and says, Jesus, I need you to say that my servant who is laying in my home and is paralyzed and is suffering terribly will be healed. So Jesus says, well, let me come to him. Let me come to your home and I will heal him. And the centurion says, no, no, no. Jesus, you can't come to my home. I am not worthy. I'm not worthy for you to be in my home. But in Matthew 8, 8, it says, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, my servant will be healed. Here's a centurion, saw Jesus for the very first time ever. His faith was so strong in Jesus that he knew that if Jesus said, servant be healed, he would be healed. Now that's a, that's a faith that we all want. That is a faith that surpasses all fear. Jesus, please just say that my, ser- <clears throat> excuse me, my servant will be healed. 
So the Lord said, say it, and it will be, the Lord said, it will be so. So why would any of us ever fear anything knowing that? In my opinion, fear is manifested in the unknowing. The unknowing of what might happen if I step out. The fear of not knowing what happens if I take a chance. The fear of not knowing if I pick up the phone and call that person that I did wrong to. Basically, fear is a lack of faith. The lack of faith in what God has promised us. Being unfaithful is such an ominous statement. People think of, you know, someone cheating on their husband or their wife or cheating on their friend or whatever it was. But unfaithful is just literally a lack of faith. It is someone that is lacking a faith for God to handle whatever it is that they're in fear of. So what is it that we don't trust God with? I don't want you to tell me today. I don't know that you even need to tell anybody. But you need to sit down and you need to think about those things that you're in fear of. You need to think about those things that you're in fear of in your life. Quit living in fear. So how do we do that? Hopefully, I'll be able to cover some of that. Probably not as good as Gary, but hopefully I'll cover some of that. So what you fear, number one, is what you fear reveals what you value the most. How many of us have heard a pastor say, show me your checkbook and I will show you what you value the most. I believe that's true. But it's not just your checkbook. It's in many things. It's not just in your check. It's in all the parts of your life. You may value a relationship too much. Your first relationship is this way. Jesus, you, husband, wife, children, this is really going to freak y'all out, job. Jesus promised you everything. He doesn't, he wants you to work because if you don't work, you don't get to eat. As you can see, I've worked a lot. (laughs) But But that's the important part. Jesus wants us to have this vertical relationship first. Guys, it doesn't really matter what it is, what it is that you fear. It is the fear of trusting the Lord for that part that is the problem. 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So again, quit living in fear. How many of us are still living in fear right now? Come on. I can see some of these hands. I can see some of y'all are liars. So number two, acknowledge your fear and choose to trust God. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Don't live in your fear. You can't let fear take up residence in your heart. If you let fear take up residence in your heart, you're going to be fearful always. Becoming a believer in Jesus, to some degree, has to be a leap of faith. You can't touch him. So to some degree, it's a leap of faith. Just remember, there's one book that has lived through all the years that if you go back and study and you go back and read and you go back and pray over it and you go back and read through it, you'll find things that were written in Genesis that were written in Psalms and you see things in Psalms that were written in Matthew and Mark. Y'all understand, back then there wasn't the internet there wasn't the world wide web for something to be written in Genesis and to show up in Psalms and show up in Matthew. That's God given. That's not just because. That's not just sort of kind of. That's God given. And I encourage you to do that. There's all kinds of study guides out there that say, hey, can you show me the, the symbolism through the Bible of where this was said and this was said and this was said? And it's there. You know, somebody asked me one time, well, you know, you're an engineer by degree, so how do you explain the science? What's well, easy? Nobody, God didn't say what it looked like. So is there a big bang theory? No. But God didn't say what it looked like. He just said, he spoke and there was the world. Didn't say how. So get rid of that. Well, what about dinosaurs? Word talks about bohemus. Living in, the, living in the land. What about the sun? Do y'all realize that if the sun was 93 million and one miles away, we'd all freeze to death? And if the sun was 93 million, or 92,999,999 miles away, we'd all burn up? Tell me there's not a God up there saying, wow, I need to keep that just exactly apart. Because if it's not, then you're in trouble. We're in trouble. All of us are in trouble. We're going to die. Either way, mm. when you live in fear, you have no glory. You're not living your fullest or most productive life. You're constantly trying to live up to the things you live in fear of. No matter what they are, that relationship, that job, that career, that whatever it is, you're living in fear. One of the most important things, and Gary says it all the time up here, Quit comparing your life to someone else's. 
Quit worrying about what somebody else has. God has your stuff. So quit living in fear of FOMO. For all you old people, that's fear of missing out. On someone else's life, quit feeling that you don't have something that someone else has. Most importantly, quit chasing someone else's dreams. Let them be your dreams. Let it be your dreams that you're praying for. Let it be your life that you're praying for. Let it be what you want that you're praying for. I use this verse all the time. This is, in David Westrick's opinion, this is my life verse. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you hope and a future. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, give you hope and a future. My opinion That covers faith and fear completely. God said, I know what I plan for you, and I want to prosper you and give you hope in the future. It's that clear. It's that simple. There's nothing else you need to know. It It is completely that simple. Now, what people get hung up on is what's prosper. Does prosper mean everybody's going to be multi-billionaires? No, it obviously doesn't. Because we'd be in a cooler building than this if we were all multi-billionaires. Just saying. Prosper is not defined by cash. Prosper is defined by your life. What you do, how you don't live in fear, how you do whatever that is that God's called you to do. How many people... Drive down the street and see a guy on the side of the street. He's got his little sign out and never give money. But what if God says, while you're driving down the street, you see the guy? Wow. The Holy Spirit just said, I need to give this guy 100 bucks. It's my last 100 bucks. They don't reach in their pocket and they don't give that $100. That's living in fear. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, give you hope in the future. You're that 100 may come back to you tenfold. It may be come back to you as a 1,000. How many of us have been afraid to change a job for whatever reason it was. I remember there was a time in my life when I was doing well and the company I was working for, I was doing real well and they got bought. Went into my boss and my boss says, uh, hey, it uh, doesn't look like me and you made the new org chart. Doesn't look like we're gonna make it. What's that mean? He said, you have a resume? I said, yeah. He says, why don't you use me as a reference? A couple of weeks later, I got to go home. I had this great career, I'm moving up, I'm doing all these cool things. All of a sudden, I'm home, I don't have a job. I'm jobless. So God put a friend of mine in my, in, in my space and said, hey, I know this company that's looking for somebody, why don't you go talk to them? So I went and talked to them, 
And it was very interesting because as I got to talking to this guy, I was working for a huge company, and this was a really small company. And we got to, got to that part of the conversation where, what are you thinking about for compensation? By the way, I know I can't pay you what you're getting paid. Okay, that's a little scary, because at that point I was not living inside of any of my means. But I sat there and I talked to this young man, and I could tell that he was the leader that I needed in my life at the time. You could tell that he was like that natural leader guy that was gonna help you move forward and help you grow. So I went back home, I took all the numbers because I'm a numbers person, I write them all down and they don't work. So I went back to him and I said, look dude, we're not even close. He said, well this is the best we can do. He went up a little bit, okay. So I went back and I prayed over it again and I couldn't figure out how to make it work, but I, work, but I did know that that's where I needed to be no matter what. So I took the job, and I went to work, and I got my check, and I promise you, I can't explain this because I do math well. I was barely making any less than I was already making. And I could live on it. Because I did it as a leap of faith that God had me in this place to put me in this place to let me see it. To let me see that he had it under control. That he didn't need me. He didn't need me to be able to do math. He didn't need me to be able to do anything. He needed me to listen and follow. That's what it's all about. So in Psalms 56, two through four, it says, my slanderers pursue me all day long. Many are attacking me in their pride. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in, a, in God I trust. I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? Isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that really most of our fear? Isn't that most of what we live in, that fear we live in is what other people think, what other people say, what other people are doing? What can mortal man do to me? The mortal man cannot do anything to any of us. He can't do, they can't do anything. They can hurt us, they can kill us, they can do all those things. God is in control. God is in charge of that. If it's time for you to die, you may get shot. I mean, you don't know. I mean, we all want to live and we all want to live that life where, you know, we go to sleep one night and we don't wake up the next morning. We don't know. What is the plan? God, we don't know what God's plan is. But we have to live every day in faith without fear. God's plan for us is to be overcomers, overcomers of our fears. The only way for that to be possible, one way, trusting in him. By living life, living our lives in faith. That's the only way to overcome that fear. 
God has put us in the driver's seat of our own lives. But he requires things for us to be in the driver's seat. He gives us tools, but he requires things for us to be in that driver's seat. First thing he requires is seek his will for our lives. How many of us seek his will every day? We get up in the morning, we get out on our knees in the morning and we pray, hey, God, what you got? What am I doing today? How are we hanging out? What are we doing? How do we do that though? It's like I just said, ask God, pray. I sometimes feel like prayer is that thing that people are scared to do. I hear people say, I can't pray to God. I've done something this bad, or I've done something else, or whatever it is. Faith. If you believe that God was here, and you believe Jesus is our Savior, and you've asked him into your heart, all you gotta do is ask him for your help. Just say, hey, Jesus, I need your help. That's all you got to do. What's number two? This is a hard one. Reach out to him when we are in fear of something or someone. Seek him in prayer. And we can always go back to Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Think about that. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's the cool part. Talk about this one more thing and then uh, we'll get out of here because somebody asked me if we get out of here by 11. I'm trying, but I don't know if I'll make it. The third thing is seek God until he takes away your fears. Get down on your knees and reach out to him and seek him until he takes away your fear. How many of us would agree that fear can definitely be debilitating? Fear will keep us from doing what God has planned for us. And fear will let what others think of you change your life even if it isn't God's plan for you. Back to the the theme of the message. Quit living in fear. Psalms 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. This is the coolest part. He delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Isn't that the cool part? Isn't that what we're talking about? That faith versus fear? So what does it take to get that? First of all, we have to ask for it. We have to pray and ask him to remove our fears. But here's the cool part that I think people miss. Prayer doesn't have to be on one knee with your head down and your eyes closed. 
word says to pray without ceasing. You're sitting in your car, you're scared, you get to the you get to work and somebody's there that you don't want to see. Pray about it. You don't have to close your eyes. You think God only hears you with your eyes closed? Do you think God only hears you if you say it out loud? Do you think God only hears you and pays attention on Monday at 7.30 a.m.? No. He is always there. He is always available. He hears your prayer. He hears what you're asking. So if something is causing you fear, ask him to remove that fear, whatever it is. This is the hard one. Second, you have to choose to trust him. That is a choice, but you got to choose to trust him. Your mind, my mind, everyone's mind, is probably one of the strongest parts of our body. Our mind can call us to be cause us to be sick. Our mind can cause us to be paralyzed with fear. Our mind can make us do stupid stuff that we didn't plan on doing and knew we shouldn't be doing. Your mind is probably the strongest part of your body. Don't let your mind get in the way of your faith. Because if you let your mind get in the way of your faith, guess what? It will. It will definitely get in the way of your faith. The third one is to seek him until he takes away all your fears. In Isaiah 26.3 it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. All those yous are him and Jesus. That's what's important, guys. That's the most important part. Jesus will keep you in perfect peace. But you gotta reach out to him and you gotta touch him and you gotta listen to him. And you have to have faith to go forward and not to live in fear. He has a plan. He wants you to live that plan. He wants you to be part of that plan. He wants to be part of your life and he wants you to be part of his kingdom. It just takes us to quit living in that fear and start living in that faith. Let's pray.